Welcome back to another episode of University Overwhelm. I am Sophia Payne. And I'm Scott Busby. And we work at Liberty University in the Office of Community Life. On this podcast, we will equip and inspire you to thrive in college, meet your goals, and understand your God-given purpose. We hope you enjoy this week's episode. Hey guys, today we want to talk about uh, something that uh, we've had, you know, maybe a couple conversations about here and there, but something that we've noticed in the culture um, that frankly just, I don't know, puts us on edge a little bit. Um, and it, so I'll, I'll cut to the chase. Um, essentially, what we're talking about today is the difference between gaslighting, um, or I would even say using the, the, the adjective toxic. Um, I think that gets maybe a little too much play um, as well. Um, using those adjectives or uh, describing people in those ways uh, when really, you know, probably in most cases, there's maybe just some poor communication going on. Um, essentially, the the, some, the heart of the, some normal human error. That's right. Yes. So, like the heart of the matter is, um, we think probably those labels are overused. Yep. Um, you know, and readily used. Yes, and very quickly they come off the mm-hmm. shelf very quickly. Yep. Um, you know, I think it's you know you get on YouTube or social media or wherever. You know, and within five minutes, you can you, you've probably heard someone referred to as um, as a gaslighter or as toxic or some group of people as toxic or something. Um, and the truth is probably um, that in most cases, people are, ju- are are just not good communicators. Mm-hmm. Or on the other side of things, um, maybe it's possible that maybe we're misinterpreting, um, mm-hmm. or maybe. Um, we're being a little too broad um, in the way that we perceive things. Um, so to start the conversation today, I think the best thing to do would just be uh, to kind of give the lay of the land in terms of what these, uh, particularly gaslighting, uh, what that is, where it comes from. It actually has a very interesting history. Um, of course, I just, want, I just want listeners to know when I was doing the development of this topic today, I went to Google, saw a... Uh, definition that I found sufficient, put it into our little outline, and called it a day. Scott just said the word history. <laughs> I did. When referring to uh, this word. So well, okay, the so difference between the two of us. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. So, uh, all right. So my master's degree is in marriage and family therapy. My very first semester in that program, um, we had a woman come in and, guess, and do a, like a guest presentation to our couples therapy class um, in which... She was a woman who had experienced abuse in um, a former marriage of hers. Um, and one of the points of um, our professor bringing her in to, to speak to us um, was to explain the concept of gaslighting. Uh, Back then, this was 2012. That's fresh. It was 2012. Yeah. Um, and so people didn't really use that term. Like, I had never heard it before um, at that time. It was still a fairly academic term. Um, now it's, like, pretty mainstream. But um, so... She explained the the term, um, and then I think our professor gave us the history of it. The history is actually really interesting. It only takes like a, a couple yeah. seconds to explain. It is it is a um, really interesting story. It is. Um, so essentially, and this is this is all coming from Forbes Health. Um, this is not me speaking, um, but I'll quote here: uh, "Gaslighting is a form of psychological manipulation that hinges on creating self doubt." And then skipping down a little bit into another part of this article. 
The most distinctive feature of gaslighting is that it's not enough for the gaslighter simply to control his victim or have things go his way. It's essential for him or to him that the victim herself actually come to agree with him. So that's the definition of gaslighting. Um, really, a really common thing that happens in um, abusive relationships, um, in particular. Um, but I, I think I think that context is important. Like usually, you see gaslighting occur in like really intimate relationships, mm-hmm. whether romantic or otherwise. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, one of the reasons why I think the term gets too much play um, is overused is because usually it's referred to in like contexts where like the relationships are not intimate. Um, at least I see that a lot now. Um, and so I actually think that's kind of difficult to accomplish, like in a non-intimate relationship. And I'm not saying it's impossible, but I think, um, you have to be able to spend like a decent amount of time with someone to actually gaslight them. And you simply can't do that if you don't know the person very well. Um, and so that's part of the issue here, but here's the history. This is back to the Forbes Health article. Uh, the term gaslighting comes from a 1938 play called Gas- Gaslight, which was adapted into the 1940 film Gaslight, followed by the better-known 1944 film Gaslight, starring Charles Boyer and Ingrid Bergman. In each work, a male protagonist convinces his wife she's imagining things that are actually happening, including the dimming of the house's gaslights, with the result of making her believe she's gone insane. Really interesting, right? It's very interesting. Yeah. I mean, it. A, it's a literal picture of like why why that word is what you know why that is the label for you know right that that thing that action. Um, but I like what you said about the intimacy because um, I will see you know I'm on like a Facebook page and and there'll be somebody that asks a question and people will pop in and they might not say it nicely you know their response is nicely or they might say no, you're wrong, you know, about something and they'll like explain. And the response, like a lot of times will be, don't gaslight me. Like I know what I know. Yeah. And I kind of like your point about the intimacy thing, because there's a point when it's like, did they make you think that you were crazy or did they just say that you were crazy and you were annoyed that somebody would tell you such a thing? You know what I mean? Like that's, that's different because they are not uh, successfully, for sure, they're not convincing you that you're crazy, um, but they're mm. probably not even trying to. They right. probably just disagree with you. Yeah. And and they're jerks about it, but like, sure. they just dis- disagree. Yeah. Um, and that's where I'm reading this great book called Crucial Conversations. And I don't remember what, what it was while I was reading it that my brain went, we should talk about gaslighting versus poor communication. Um, but there was, there's things that it's talking through about like somebody might mean Somebody might do it this way. Somebody might say, you know, when you are going in and you are hearing, you know, you're saying, hey, I don't like that that project deadline is this. And then they're like, oh, my gosh, I, I can't even you know believe you're upset about that when I've got. And it's like all this other stuff going on. And then the book is essentially talking about pinpoint what matters to you. Talk about that. If you need to table other things, like say that out loud, you know, whatever. But I was like reading it going that actually sounds like a pretty normal conversation. Like somebody's got a lot going on. Somebody else is bringing their stuff to the, you know, to the conversation. It's a little wild. And I was reading it going, oh, like that would be labeled today as gaslighting. Like some mm-hmm. of some of what these conversations were. Um, yeah. And I'm looking at it going, especially for, you know, let's say the age range college student, 18 to 24 year olds, you know, that age range, especially for like 18, 19, 
teenagers are, are um, I, I think, accidental gaslighters, maybe. <laughs> like, you know, there's there's an aspect where when you're talking to your friend and they just and like they disagree with you, they're like kind of mad that they disagree with you, you know, and it's like you I can't believe you believe that. And you ha- and it's almost like this desperately trying to convince you. And I would not say a teenager is standing there like trying to make you feel crazy. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I think that's an important distinction. I think in order to truly gaslight someone, Mm. you have to know what you're doing. Yeah. And so Um, like you have an possibly 18, 19, 20 year old who is still grappling with how do I have conversations with people that I really care about where we disagree? Like that just might be it. Or I'm in a um, romantic relationship. You know, I'm a guy dating this girl and you know she has this like ridiculous mindset on something i can't stand it and i accidentally just like walk all over that well that that was poor communication like right. i i shouldn't have stomped all over her like belief i should not have just like belittled you mm-hmm. know her because she has holds that um but was i going into it you know kind of desiring for my own personal gain that she changed her mind not mm-hmm. necessarily yeah. um but the benefit is when you're aware of that, when you're aware that this is kind of a time period when um, you can establish really healthy communication skills, you can recognize my motive is definitely not to gaslight. My motive is definitely not to do X, Y, and Z. Or I'm in a relationship with somebody that I don't think that that is their goal. I don't think that they're trying to make me feel crazy. Um, you know, how can we work on this? You just leave behind that like really important but overused label. Yeah. And I think so to to consider all of this from a Christian angle as mm-hmm. well. Um, labels like gaslighter, like if you were to label someone a gaslighter um, or to label someone as toxic, um, it's not. It's I think I think actually label is a little bit of a misnomer. Like I think I think um, to to call that a label um, is actually a little bit less. I think it waters it down a little bit because what you're actually doing is you're accusing, you're making an, you're making Mm -hmm. an accusation. Um, And so if you are willing to accuse somebody of something of sin, because those things are sinful, right? right? Um, You'll never find the word toxic to describe anything that's sinful in the Bible, but what's meant by that is probably sinful. Um, You'll never find the word gaslight in the Bible either, but what that implies is sinful. Um, so when you're accusing somebody of sin, um, that's serious biblically. Like, um, that's not just kind of tossed around in the New Testament. There are whole chunks of, of, of the New Testament that are devoted to how to handle, you know, how to handle when your brother sins against you. Yeah. Um, and so to handle it so flippantly by just labeling somebody or accusing somebody of being a gaslighter or a toxic... Um, that's a serious thing. I think the internet has um, somewhat desensitized us to the to the seriousness of that, because people just toss around insults casually online, um, and like they do it in a way. Well, human beings. I don't want to say they because I'm sure you know I'm guilty of it as well. But you know, humans go in, and it's just it's it's to keep people at arm's length or beyond. Yeah, it's not to say. Um, you know, but like you talked about, your brother has sinned against you. The desire there is a repaired relationship. Yeah. Right? Like, it's not so that you are safe. So that, not that you are in a good spot. So that you and your brother can, like, reconcile mm-hmm. and, be in, and be healthy and have a healthy relationship. But when we go and we're like, oh, you're gaslighting me, 
you know, we're, we're shoving that person as far away from us as we possibly can because how dare they? Mm-hmm. And, and we're just creating this, like, bigger and bigger rift because we can't be harmed. Right. You know? And I want to say, like, actual gaslighting, like Scott just said, is sinful. Straight up. You cannot psychologically mess with somebody and be right with God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, no. Right. Um, so understand that when actual gaslighting is occurring, that is a serious issue and it should be dealt with. Um, and there are incredible tools, incredible, you know, places that you can go to, to receive help on how to deal with a person who is doing that to you, um, on you and that person working through it so that person stops, um, you know, those types of things. Please hear that what we're talking about is we're not trying to belittle actual gaslighting and people who have been gaslit into getting over it. Mm-hmm. That is not it at all. But looking through a lens of, well, what if it's not? What if it's simply poor communication? What if it's simply somebody who does not healthily tell you <laughs> an opinion of theirs? What if it's somebody who's kind of on the immature side and doesn't know how to have um, a relationship with someone who has a different opinion than them and feels the, I don't know if I can like you if we are different, you know, type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, if you look at it going, there's a possibility What's really cool is it won't take long for you to see if you're right. Because gaslighters, I'll read a few phrases that gaslighters use. Quote, I never said that. I did, I did that because I love you. I don't know why you're making such a huge deal of this. You're being overly sensitive. You're being dramatic. You are the issue, not me. If you love me, you would. You are crazy. And, you know, poor communicators might say kind of a version of that. But there's a point where a poor communicator is absolutely willing to, like, change. If, if, if they're made to realize and they have, like, a good heart about them, they're made to realize, like, that was <laughs> not okay to say that to me and here's why. Um, a poor communicator can, can see that and go, oh, shoot. Um, a gaslighter does not care at all because that was, their whole goal is for you to change um, and, and fit into what they need you to be. Yeah. Whereas a poor communicator just might not know how to say out loud what they need from you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think, and, and I think the thing about, so we're talking to college students predominantly, um, thing to realize, you know, uh, students about your, your peers, your, you know, your, your 18 to 24 year old peers, um, is that you all kind of fit squarely into that young adult category. Um, the truth is there are plenty of people who are um, mature at that age, uh, but there are also plenty of people who are immature at that age, and that would be true uh, of any age range as well, by the way. Um, but you know, you're sort of like um, the psychological term would be you're launching. You know, you're um, you're leaving. Many of you are leaving your parents' um, houses. You're leaving home. You're going to a new place. You're exercising independence. You're having to learn a lot of things that go with that. Um, and so there are plenty of things that you're not going to be great at right away. Um, and one of those things could be um, without the structure of, you know, uh, adult, uh, p- maybe parental involvement in your lives, sort of speaking wisdom into your life, um, absent as much of that, you may find that you're not, you're not the world's best communicator. You're not the world's best uh, friend, maybe. You're not the world's best at... Uh, navigating relationships, friendships, um, all those kinds of things. So uh, the point there is not to excuse any of that. Um, those are all things that you can 
you can come to learn about yourself. You can develop. Um, but the point is to say, like, be charitable to one another. Mm. Um, that that would be the case, and that that's just sound Christian guidance for anybody uh, who claims Christ. Like, we should be charitable with one another. Um, we should assume the best of each other um, in all circumstances. Uh, you know, and 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 we should, I think, uh, assume the best intentions, um, because you know the the Holy Spirit's at work in your brothers or sister's life just as much as they are in yours. Yeah. Um, and so um, you should be charitable to them. You should be willing to confront them if, if needed, um, if, if they're sinning against you. Um, confront them gently, privately, <laughs> not on social media. Um, gosh, man, that's... And not telling everybody and their mother about it. Right. Like seeking, seeking wisdom and advice is one thing. Right. But venting to anybody who will hear because... Yeah. You just need to get it off your chest. Especially it's, if you're accusing them of something. I know. That, um, I agree. That's it, It's so easy. So I don't want to cast judgment in a like disdainful way, you know. Mm-hmm. But it is such a disappointing aspect of how social media is used is this like vicious attack on people. Yeah. So that you can gather, you know, people in your corner to back up your opinion, your take, your side of things. And you're just kind of going, come on. Is there, like, nothing in you that wants to have a healthy relationship with your fellow Christian, you know, in front of you? That's just that's just not the way to go. Um, So maybe our episode is – I mean, our episode has been great as far as, like, gaslighting versus poor communication. But, you know, the heart behind it is please look at at the person that's standing in front of you through the eyes of Christ. This is somebody that was worth dying for. You know, this is somebody that like God loves and they might be doing something that is hurt, that is hurting you. It's harmful, you know, to you, um, emotionally speaking, you know, but what if like a little bit of effort can make that stop and make you have a healthy relationship with that person? And then, you know, 20 years down the line, that person has like grown like by leaps and bounds in that area and they're good. Um, so 18, 19, 20, 21 year olds, please have like some grace with each other, um, in this area, just consider the fact that it could simply be poor communication and a little bit of work, you know, can kind of help with that. And I'll I'll also just add real quickly, um, actually the way that you treat other Christians, if you're a Christian, is indicative of the way that you uh, think about l- and love the Lord. Um, mm. That's a reflection of how you love the Lord, such that in First uh, John, the Apostle John can say things like, um, you know, those, the, I'm paraphrasing here, uh, but those who don't love their brothers don't really love the Lord. Like, you know, if you, if you don't love your brothers, if you don't love your family in Christ, um, pretty good indication that, you know, maybe you have to rethink your profession of faith altogether. Mm. Mm. Um, Man, coming in hot at the end. <laughs> yeah, I'm, but seriously, That's I mean, so good. Um, you know, the the body of Christ, the church, is Jesus's bride. We find that in Ephesians 5. Um, that's the mystery of marriage that's revealed by Paul in Ephesians 5, um, that the church is Christ's bride. Um, he died for her. He, he cleanses her. He's going to bring her home to be with him. 
um, in the end. And uh, you can't treat, if somebody treated my wife, uh, if somebody started to accuse my wife of things um, and claim to be my friend, I'm like, dude, I don't think so. <laughs> like, to your point. You know, like, I, I don't think so. You know, yeah. I, don't, I, I don't think that uh, our friendship is as genuine as you think that it might right. be. You can't you can't claim to be my friend um, and then go and, and call my wife a gaslighter or toxic mm-hmm. or start to accuse her of all kinds of sin. Um, on top of, yeah, on top of blasting on social media. Yes. Going to anyone and everyone yes. that will hear you about your right. grievance and, you know, things like that. Yeah. You're just going, can you, I mean, seriously, can you imagine like finding out one of your, you know, supposed good buddies was like doing that to your wife and you're, you're going, dude, no. Yeah. No. We're, you, we're that, not friends. That doesn't. Like, that that doesn't okay. work. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't work that way. And that's not to say my wife's perfect um, morally. You know, like she's a sinner, just like anybody else is. She's great. I love her, but she's but she's a sinner too. Yeah, she's a human. Um, so it's within the realm of possibility for her to do some of the things that somebody might accuse her of, but to handle it in that way that you were just describing. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. Like, you know, you have a friend who even you know, like, comes to her. Um, if this is a, a mutual, you know, small group friend that you guys have gotten to know, she gently comes to your wife, says, hey, you know, I, I even ha- hate having to say this to you, but like this really hurt. Can we talk about this? And, you know, they dialogue. She comes back to you, you know, Rachel comes back to you and says like, hey, this is what happened. You know, it stung to hear, but I'm so glad. Like there is not an animosity right. emotion that yeah. comes up. There's still, you know, because we're humans, might be a, like, oh, no, my wife's upset, you know, type of mm-hmm. meh. But there's not this, like, animosity, anger towards, you know, this this person coming to your wife. <coughs> Excuse me, because their their intention is so understandable and so lovely. And even sometimes the circumstance might be that you're like, okay, cool, you know. Yeah. Um, I, I really like that. that. That's a great point to say, like, kind of a – you don't you don't necessarily want to be like check your heart or question your salvation about everything. Right. No. Um but this one's this one's a pretty important one as far as like how we view others, how we treat others yeah. is incredibly important to to God. Yeah. And if there's a repetitive pattern yeah. of engaging in in ways of treating people like that, um then maybe maybe you should. I mean mm-hmm. maybe you should ask, you know, um is is the faith I profess genuine? Yeah. Um, that's that's not a question that's off the table, I think, for believers. In fact, we're commanded to examine ourselves often in the New Testament. Um, but I agree, it's not it's not something to jump to on every occasion. Um, in fact, I would say, you know, predominantly the posture you ought to have is one of resting in Christ's finished works. Um, but be that as it may, um, I think this is where we're gonna where we're going to end the conversation here on gaslighting and toxicity in relationships. Uh, maybe just some questions to ask yourself. Like if you uh, are prone to, to label or to accuse people of these things, um, maybe take a, take a step back, um, consider um, other alternatives, consider whether uh, the way you're handling those interactions is the most loving uh, you know, way that you could possibly handle it. Um, consider if maybe you're misunderstanding something. Uh, give, give the bene- be willing to give the benefit of the doubt. Christians should be the first people uh, to be willing to give the benefit of the doubt. Um, you know yourself. <laughs> you, know, you know how um, helpless and, and wretched your own heart is apart from Christ. Um, 
you know, so so treat other people with some compassion, uh, I think would be our encouragement to you. Um, but we'll, we'll end the, the episode there. Um, hope you guys found something uh, that was useful, helpful to you. Um, and uh, we hope you guys have a great week. If you enjoyed this week's episode, leave us a review. Or you can shoot us an email at communitylife at liberty.edu. And be sure to follow us on Instagram at Liberty Community Life. We hope you enjoyed this episode. See you next time.